0: Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend and co-host since the beginning, Father (laughs) Richard Heilman. And our guest tonight, Father Carlos Martins. Another amazing show with Father Carlos Martins regarding, of course, what else? The diabolical, the attacks, and all the spiritual warfare that we're always in the thick of. We're going to break that down. Of course, war, disease, financial ruin. Where is the hope? And we're serious about that because it's a pretty uh, difficult time going on right now. But before we get everything started, we want to begin with, of course, prayer.
1: And for the Heilman, we turn that over to you. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you very much, Father. And we want to thank always, of course, we'd like to thank those of you out there who support the U.S. Grace Force podcast. You know, we hear amazing things around the country. You know, when I travel or Father, you know, of course, Father's Parish is one of those destination parishes, honestly, seriously, where people will travel across the country and they'll make a point to swing by where he is to visit. And it's very humbling for us. We mean this very sincerely. It is humbling and a great honor to be able to provide this information to you. So thank you all for your prayers and your encouragements, and thank you for those of you who support us financially. Sometimes people will send a one-time donation, which is a tremendous help, and normally people will support us through the Patreon program. You can click the link in the description. I just really want to emphasize to you all how much that does help us keep this work going. There are people behind the scenes that get paid, there's equipment, there's all kinds of things that have to happen in order for this to get out as wide and far as we can. So we thank everybody, whether it's that $5 donation or, or more, $10, $100. We thank you so much for that. You're in our prayers. If you're interested in doing this to help us, please click the link in the description and join the Patreon team. But please keep us in your prayers. You know, right now, Father is encouraging the 90 Days uh, program right now that's going on out there. We've got to build that, that, that prayer force out there. And we're encouraging daily rosary, meditations, and so forth, because we've got to unite We've got to be strong. We've got to knock this out of the park. There's a lot going on in the world right now. As our guest is going to break down for us tonight, we're going to talk a lot about, as you can see by the title, we're talking about war, disease, financial ruin. At the time we recorded this, SVB was just shut down over the weekend. Signature was uh, another bank that was hit. You know, and Father Carlos, I know before when we got started, you were- You were breaking down a little bit about some of the financial stuff, but we want to get into all of that. I think the first thing might be nice to know, Father, and uh, first of all, welcome. It's great to have you on the program again. But how are The Exorcist Files going? Because we had you on about uh, eight weeks ago or so, and we're helping to announce that program. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah. So praise God, The Exorcist Files are doing great. So for those who may not know, it's a podcast that I've been engaged in at the prompting of the Holy See and and it started out as an effort to um well to reach out to youth uh 18 to 29 year olds who who are kind of who have set themselves out and checked out of the religious dialogue thing and it was a way to reach out to them but of course it's 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 good old catholic catechesis so it it, it's it's good for for everyone um but it has been immensely popular. So we we have, uh, we're, we're just a hair shy of a million downloads now um, in, gosh, six weeks, which is uh, amazing. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest compliments we received was this past Saturday night, uh, Saturday Night Live spoofed the podcast in one of its <laughs> skits. That's uh, awesome. So there, there was a, a line from... Uh, one of the the characters, the father of the 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 victim, so to speak, who he repeats a line uh, from one of the episodes. So that's awesome. uh, th- that's a big compliment.
1: <laughs> yeah, for them to to reference that, feeling like, okay, people might get the reference. that's that's incredible. Yeah. You know, we were talking before the show too about Saturday Night Live and how great it was uh, back in the day and uh, i remarked that my brother was actually went to school with chris farley and uh, they were good friends and uh, in fact my brother uh, unfortunately he passed away he had a rare heart uh condition that um that caused him to have a very rare heart attack at 22 years old but um i was uh i was talking about how you know uh my brother joe was like best friends with chris farley and when chris started his uh, comedy act at downtown Madison, Wisconsin. My brother went cause they're friends and he heckled him. and Chris finally had this great comeback. And he goes, Joe, Joe, you gotta, after the show, he goes, Joe, Joe, you gotta come every night. Cause we got to work that into the act. But, uh, <clears throat> and then it was, it was, uh, very touching too, that, um, Chris and all of Joe's friends, uh, went to the grave after the funeral was over and just have a personal moment with Joe and they brought a, a, a case of beer <laughs> And they left the cans and uh, somehow the Wisconsin State Journal got a picture of it and thought it was a good story too. And uh, they actually had one last beer with my brother, Joe, at his grave. So, but uh, yeah, so he, uh, Chris Farley went to Edgewood High School in Madison. or That's where I went. He was a really good football player at the time. I, I think he was All-City. Um, and did you guys know I was All-State in football? I don't know if no, I mentioned No it.
2: Yeah.
1: Wait, and was, was Roe v. Wade overturned on your birthday, by the way? Father? It was on my birthday, yes. June 24th. Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, yes. yeah, it was, it was uh, yeah. So that's my birthday. Did you know that? It's John the Baptist's birthday, and then yeah. and it's also yeah. mine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we- and, and, oh, I don't think I mentioned it before, but I was all state football player at one point. Oh, were you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> We always find
2: these new things out about you Father. i know i know it's exciting yeah you know yeah. Chris, yeah. chris farley was just all city father how he was
1: all yeah school? yeah yeah he was he was a good football player not quite as good but i was doing the i was doing the biden whisper there I was not quite as good. but anyways uh, <laughs> <laughs> so annoying <laughs> anyway but yeah. um yeah so uh father carlos um, you know, the, the exorcist files is really taken off and, and you're right. It, it's a great teaching for a lot of people. And that was your hope. And the fact that a lot of eyes are getting on it is, is phenomenal. And it, it is helping people to understand, you know, the demonic, uh, but you know, what, what an exorcist is. And, uh, it's, it's a great catechetical moment, but do you think also that people are kind of looking for something like this in this point in history? Uh, they're kind of looking for some way to to uh, exercise. Uh, yes, individuals, but what about the culture? You know, that's going on right now. I mean, uh, do you have a sense that that people are in, kind of in that place where, yikes! I mean, we we feel like we're the culture is possessed right now. I don't know. Can I get your take on that?
2: So I think that this kind of dialogue, what the podcast has done, it it has brought a conversation that people have been dying to have but most people didn't know that they were dying to have it yes but when when, when they heard it that you know there was what I'm hearing from people the feedback that I'm getting which has been overwhelming I have almost 3000 emails in my inbox right now each wow. one crying for an answer and or, you said or, that
1: our Protestant brothers and sisters are, are loving
2: it too. Oh my gosh, it's, it's yeah. immense. I'm, I'm getting more invites for Protestant events now than, yeah, than even some awesome. Catholic ones. Because I think that at this point in time, right, people have a craving to get back to basics. That there's something yes. in the human spirit that is dying to get back to what, what is just a, a, a basic orientation of the gospel. Right. And, 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 you know, for the last 70 years, the, the devil has not made it into a, a lot of church talk, a lot of church preaching and so forth. So when this has come out, this has sparked something in people. And I, I've, I've got, I just called it up on my screen here, just a beautiful testimony from a woman. Uh, she, she uh, so who wrote in through the, the website. I wanted to take a moment to thank to thank Father and the rest of the team working on this podcast. My husband and I married at a young age 10 years ago. And while I have always been a Christian, he has identified as an agnostic. This year, I had a spiritual awakening and decided to become Catholic. I honestly never expected my husband to give any thought to the church. But after I recommended this podcast, he listened to three hours in one day, and he ended up going to Mass one evening without my knowledge. He is still questioning so many things, and sometimes questions the podcast, but you piqued his interest, and I can't thank you enough for the discussions you have created in my home. I am amazed at what he has learned so far from just a few podcasts. You were doing God's work. I am, still in, I am just still in disbelief that my husband walked into a church without my asking him to go for our kids' sake. Oh, no, and so, so it, beautiful. It, it just it there there's something in this in talking about the ancient serpent, the ancient enemy, but in light of God's plan, right? Because and that's the only way in talking about the devil has any value or merit, that there's something, there's a good that he wants to prevent us from, right? We don't talk about the bad for the sake of the bad. Uh, we 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 don't want to give him any free advertising, right. but but we talk about him in relation to that divine plan to which we're called, which he is working overtime constantly to try to prevent us from getting there. With regards to the episodes, we it's been
0: eight weeks or so since we've had you on. How many episodes are out now? How many more do you expect to come out? Do you have more coming out? Are they looking for more from you since this
2: has been so? The response has been so so powerful. Sure. Yeah. So so there have been seven to date released. The eighth one is going to drop tonight. Okay. So as soon as I'm done this podcast, I'm I'm going to review it and then give the okay for it. So I. Before it goes live, I, I review the final kind of edits that the sound engineering team did. Um, so so th- there will be, as of midnight tonight, eight of them. Uh, it, it has been immensely popular. So iHeartMedia didn't didn't expect this kind of popularity. They were hoping that at some point it would break into the top 200 podcasts in the world. And so far, it's peaked at number 31. And And so they... They have commissioned season two midway through this one. This season, season is typically fourteen episodes. Uh, so, I, which I am told it's it's a, it's unheard of that they would do such a thing before the season ends. Uh, so, I, it's it's been it's been wonderful news. And for those of you who are listening, who who may have no idea what we're talking about, but or or maybe you need to be reminded one more time, the 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 Exorcist Files is a podcast you can download it anywhere where you get your podcasts. But if you, if you don't get them in any place in particular, go to exorcistfiles.tv. And that's the official website. You'll get instructions there on how you can access it and and just give a listen. Okay.
0: Exorcistfiles.tv. And we will have that. We have that in the information description, you know, both video and audio version of this podcast here. And, and Father, if I can just quick follow-up on that, um, can you break down again in detail for the audience um, kind of what the format is so that people understand, if they haven't seen any
2: of it, what they're going to be getting into? Right. Yeah. So so what you're going to hear is a teaching, but it's not in a lecture form. I'm, I'm not giving lectures on the demonic or lectures on exorcism or spiritual warfare. What I am doing in each of these podcasts is is telling a, of a case study that I had, an actual case of uh, diabolical possession or oppression, and they are reenacted by professional actors. So you're not going to hear actual recordings uh, of an exorcism, but you're going to hear them reenacted. You're going to hear what led to the possession or the oppression. And what we can do in order to prevent that. And in all of these cases, none of them have roots or causes that are so exotic that it couldn't happen to any one of us at one time or other. We've all done stupid things. And sometimes we do stupid things without even knowing they're stupid, but they open a door to evil. What are some examples that, I'm sorry to cut off on that, but
0: what are some examples that, because I think a lot of people do think, well, if you're playing with the Ouija boards or you're hanging out with some occult late night, sacrificing small animals in a field somewhere, that obviously is really out there and you don't want to be doing that, that could be a major problem. But what are you
2: talking about when you say that there are things that aren't so dramatic? Right. So, well, okay, let's take one that seems innocuous enough, the use of the Ouija board. So last week's episode was part one of, of a case where a group of six friends got demonically afflicted through playing around with a Ouija board. They, these were 18, 19-year-olds. Uh, I've come to know three of them really, really well. We're very good friends. Uh, but they let the devil into their life through the use of a Ouija board one day. And, and uh, so today's episode or part two of that, of that case drops but these are guys just looking to have fun. I mean, how stupid could a Ouija board be? It's a board with letters and numbers on it and you have a slider, you put your fingers on it. There's no mechanical parts. It's nothing but a piece of cardboard and a slider. I mean, you know, how, how bad could this be? And, and sure enough, we dropped the episode last week and then it became worldwide news that 28 girls in, in uh, Colombia were hospitalized because of, of playing with the Ouija board. They were, they were hospitalized for, for exhaustion and, um, for, for, um, uh, for, well, what they called stress, but, but they, they had to be carried into the hospital. Wow. You don't get carried into the hospital by simply being stressed, playing a board game, right. something spiritual jumped at them and mm. afflicted them. And the jury's still out what that is. I, I, I'd, I'd love to know how they've assessed it. I would love to know. I would, I sure hope to God they brought a priest in to, to start praying for it. Right. right. But this stuff is happening. It, it's in fact, it's one of the most popular board games sold to kids right now. Hmm. You could go on Amazon, type, type in Ouija board, look at some of the reviews, some of the comments people have left. It's parents buying them for their little kids when they have their friends over for a sleepover, for sure. because it'll tie up the kids for hours you know, they, they think that they're, they're conjuring the spirits up and that'll tie them up, keep them quiet as they, Eat their chips and cookies and whatever, and mom mm. and dad can get some work done. And and you're opening a, a porthole to the demonic. You know the look. Middle age or uh, middle class women uh, go to the spa to go get a massage, and they're offered a Reiki treatment. Mm. Reiki is straight is a straight occult act, right? You are conjuring up energy through the invocation of a spirit. You, you are increasing someone's energy a practitioner is offer is offering to increase your good energy simply by he or she willing it upon you guess what that's an invocation of evil right, <laughs> and right. and so uh, sure enough i had a, a case given to me today contact me today that that they went received a reiki treatment and something quote, jumped into them and they're wrestling with this thing ever since. Wow. It's been three months. And how about yoga? Well, and, and the same. Mm. Um, so there, yoga is a little bit of a soupy kind of reality. And, and by, by that, what I mean is there are people that engage in yoga or, or they call it yoga and they're simply doing stretches. Mm. It, it has nothing to do with traditional yoga which which is a religious action right it's an invocation of a spirit that that allegedly dwells within the spine and it's related to the the, the, the Kundalini spirit or there's a kind of a, a serpent spirit that lives in the spine this is what's being invoked mm. and you know so uh, that is dangerous <laughs> that, that is absolutely incompatible with the Christian faith Jesus Christ, Came to set us free. We we don't need a serpent spirit. We we are to run from serpents. Uh, so uh, so I I I. If people want to engage in stretching, fine. Stay away from yoga. Mm. Yeah. Stay away from yoga. Father, you know, as I'm
1: listening to you, <clears throat> I'm just thinking about the attraction of exorcist files. It doesn't surprise me because, <clears throat> excuse me it doesn't surprise me because, um, I think you, I think all three of us here would recognize that there's an emptiness out there. there. There's a, there's a sense that, um, um, we're missing something and what it is obviously is a sense of the supernatural. I mean, you, you talked about the last 70 years. Well, it's been an assault on the supernatural. Um, it, it, it's a war on the supernatural. I think, um, Doctor, um, oh, what's her name? Anyways, but uh, it's it's an absolute war on supernatural. In in other words, there's this um there's this idea that you know faith and religion and and uh, and God is like a social club at best. You do nice things for the poor, and it, and it is those things. I mean, you, you should, you know, develop and and um you know your sense of family and and, and unity with each other. And yes, you should do good things for the poor, but you know the gutting out of churches, uh, the thinning down of the liturgy. Um, you know, like you said, people they don't even talk. Like, if it wasn't for the movie The Exorcist, they don't even know what that kind of stuff is. But I, it's it's like it's like. And you told the story of of the of the woman with her husband that that went to church all of a sudden because all of a sudden he 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 regained at least it seemed partially or the beginnings of that sense of the supernatural. And I think, you know, of, of the many things that exorcist file is doing to help people, I think it's that it's tapping into that and for them to say, you know, when you look at the Bible, um, we just had the reading recently where Moses out in the desert and they're, you know, they're all complaining they're going you know, to stone them and, you know, and they're they're like giving up on God. Does God even exist? Look at, look at our suffering. And then he goes over the rock and taps the rock and water comes out it's like god gives you this 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 gift of of a supernatural event every once in a while just to answer prayer anything just to yeah. just to help us to understand there is such a thing as as the supernatural i don't know am, am I, did I trail off there or what do you think about yeah, that
2: absolutely and you you hit a nail on the head you know like the, so there's people you know mo, most people in society that the most people, even in the Catholic Church, the most knowledge they have about the devil and exorcism comes from the movie The Exorcist. Right. So what's what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> so right. that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable the fact that that we're not catechizing people properly. Right. Now, I, I will say this too. I mean, everybody wants in that hour-long mass on Sunday. And in the, in the nine minutes that Father has you for a sermon, he wants you to pack in everything so that they come out of church uh, and, and they don't have to do anything on their own. They don't have to do any reading and that kind of thing. So it's, it's not up to the priest uh, to, to, to educate you thoroughly on the Catholic faith. Or in other words, I, let me change it. If you expect that your knowledge of the Catholic faith is gonna come solely through what Father feeds you on Sunday, then you're going to be malnourished, right? You, you need to educate yourself on the faith. You need to read about the faith. That being said, there, there's a dearth of re, of good resources on the faith. They're, they're just, we, we need to do better as church of putting out stuff that people can sink their th- teeth into. Right. And that's, you know, accessible to them. Yep. That makes it real for them.
1: Can I follow up real quick? I I, I excellent father. Um, I've been saying, and help me if I go on the wrong way here, but I've been saying that uh, yes, poor catechesis. But where's the hunger for the catechesis? I'm going to go back to that that wife with her husband again. He all of a sudden he's watching this for three hours, and then he's going off to to mass without even telling her what happened there. Something happened yeah. that he all of a sudden had this hunger for the more, this hunger for the more. And I can, cont- I've been contending all along that you can give catechesis so the, the priest can preach for the nine minutes during the mass, but you should, you should come away from the mass going, Give me more. I want more. I want to understand you more. I want, I want to learn more about you. I want to know what you want me to do. I want to know how hmm. things were. I want, I want, <laughs> but a hunger for the more of God. Uh, and hmm. I think, again, when you strip out the sense of the supernatural, You strip out this quickening of the heart or, or, you know, I've I've been preaching a lot in the last few months, actually, on this uh, first gift of the Holy Spirit, the awe and wonder, fear of the Lord, where all of a sudden, okay, you got my attention and, and I'm interested and I want to know more. It's like you walk through a door into this, into the the supernatural side and you're, you, you want to know what this is all about. What, What do you think of that father?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, you know, I'm reminded as you were talking about that, you know, that old saying, you know, the, the truth, the truth is a lion. It doesn't need defending, turn it loose. It will defend itself. And it speaks to the heart. It speaks to the heart. It's it, it ignites something within us. You know, the faith is exciting. It's primordial. It, it quickens and enlivens us. It, it gives us that battle that we long to be part in fighting for. Right. It gives us that beauty that is worth dying for. It 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 makes us come alive. It gives us our place in the cosmos. And yes. you know, sign me up. Like that that kind of thing. I want to Put be part in of. Me Coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Put me in, yeah. yeah.
0: Father, with regards to the title of this particular episode and and everything uh, you've both just, I think, laid down so perfectly the transition into this war, the Ukrainian war, the talk of war between China and Taiwan, the talk of China and Russia linking up forces in different ways economically and, you know, material supplies and who knows where it goes from there, the constant threats. There was a news report just a few days ago at the time we record this that someone had hacked into the Russian state media and broadcast that they had been hit with a nuclear attack. They showed a map in the broadcast that had this red color moving from west to east across Russia, telling people to run for cover, get on the gas masks, get ready, because fallout was coming. They had had the nuclear strike come their way. It was so... Intense that the Russian state uh, ministry of defense had to put out an announcement saying, no, that hasn't happened. But we're at this breaking point where we're getting these kind of hacks here and there. We've had at least 12 airports in America in the last several months. On one day, 12 airports a few months back were hacked. LaGuardia, Hartford, uh, O'Hare for three of them. Major airports hacked, taken over by a Russian group, not tied to the military, according to the report at least. And then uh, a month and a half or so ago, give or take, about 14 hospitals were hacked. So we've got cyber attacks, we've got talk of war. Obviously what we've been through the last two, three years has been devastating with regards to disease. That's all we'll say because YouTube of course is very particular about things that you say regarding that. But we also know that there are there's talk of other, other levels of that happening and perpetuating and still the pressure is being put on people. And I just, this is all the question about the diabolical working through these things. Because when you've got governments and, and, and jobs and businesses threatening their people, unless they do something, they won't have a job. Now, on top of that, we've got this financial impact of what just happened with SVB at the time you record this, Signature Bank, and now they're talking about the possibility of this leading us to a a Fed coin and the central bank and all of these types of things. All of this, of course, is leading a lot of people to some very deep distress, worry, concern, anxiety. Now, this is a very broad way to approach this, Father, but. Where's the hope at a time like this? Because I know a lot of our audience is looking for, for, for hope. I mean, Father and I would hear from people who said that, that the podcast had helped them get through. We were one of you know many sources, God willing, that helped people get through the struggle with the last three years that happened. Um, I want to help people not lose hope and persevere in these times. And these, these things, war, disease, financial ruin, this all looks like there's a real diabolical aspect to this. Am I overreaching with that statement or do you think there is something diabolical directly indirectly when it comes to these things that are hitting us so hard on so many levels? Right.
2: Yeah. So a very good question. And And we'll just be quiet for the next 20 minutes and let you go. (laughs) That was a (laughs) big question right there. (laughs) So, so in, in, in Christian theology, we have three enemies, the world, the flesh and the devil. So at, at times the devil is our direct enemy. I mean, as an exorcist, I, I'm, I see that a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm part of that, and that, that's what I combat against. But no less is the flesh and the world our enemy. Our Lord never promised us a tomorrow free of worries, free of war, free of strife, free of struggle. It, it, that he never promised us tomorrow, he gives us today. And the answer that he gave to Martha when, when he was in the, her home and uh, her and, and Mary, her sisters and Lazarus, you know that, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. One thing is needed and Mary has chosen the better part. Right? So th- 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 yeah, we have all of these worries, But do you think for one second, God doesn't have the world in the palm of his hand? So another bank collapsed. Okay. A second one collapsed on the weekend. Okay. Yet another war to add in the the heap of wars that have happened in history. Yeah, it's happening. These are not good things. We certainly don't celebrate them, but we cannot as Christians... Allow them to take away our hope. We, we cannot allow them to cause us needless anxiety. You know, in the second Eucharistic prayer, we, we pray against, uh, against u- useless anxiety, useless worry. And, and this, is a, this is why, because it can crush us, it can extinguish the hope within us. You know, and that's the funny thing about hope. You know, when you think of the three theological virtues, right, faith, hope, and charity, re- people think. That their faith is is the thing that's the most shaken, but it's not. People's faith is not shaken so much as their hope is shaken. Mm. Their their belief that that there's a better tomorrow coming, that God ha- is holding everything in His providence, and He's bringing everything forward together for a greater glory. That is the thing that is the most shaken in us. Well, I, I just.
0: I got to jump in on that, Father. I think you nailed that one because I, I feel that too. You know, I don't have any doubt. Whenever I hear people say, "Well, we know who wins in the end," I've never doubted that ever. Yeah. Right? You know, it's it's the struggle with the hope of there being any kind of peace or any kind of of, of 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 order brought from the chaos. I mean, I know God is there. I don't lose that faith, and I think a lot of people might struggle. And I think you just nailed it very well by saying, it's not about necessarily even faith in God. It's about hope for a better tomorrow. Hope that my kids and my grandkids can live in a world that doesn't have to deal with the fallout of a World War III, you know, or or a government that's so oppressive that all your money is now digital and they can dictate what you spend it on. Right. I mean, that's the hope that I think some are struggling with. I know God is there. Like you said, God is, he's got everything in his hands. But he allows us to make decisions and choices, and he allows people to do evil things, and and I think that's a good point. I just had to jump in on that because I think that really yeah, hit it sure, well.
2: Sure, and then when our hope is 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 choked, then the first thing that we still don't give up faith at this point, but our, we cease to love, we mm. cease to act with charity, and then when that happens, the third one to topple is faith because now we've lost our purpose, our sense of identity, and the reason for, for which we exist. Right. But the first one to be attacked is hope. So, you know, our Lord, he either has the world and all of these conditions in his hand, or he doesn't. And however we answer that question, however we choose to answer that question, whatever we choose to put our hope in, then we live with the consequences of that. And, And for me, I, you know, I, 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 I desire for people to do well financially. I desire, desire for people to be justly rewarded, compensated for their work. I I, desire people, I don't desire people to lose their homes and so on and so forth. But I will say this. Here's one thing I see in, in society. We, all of us live beyond our means. All of us spend more than what we ought to. Right? We do it as families. We, we do it as individuals. Our government does it. Mm. We we spend more money than what we take in. A lot of us, most of us, right? and you know, for me, uh, my my parents were European immigrants, and they came from poor families. And I I remember as a kid having one toy bought for me apart from Christmas. It was a little toy car, a dinky car. We called them, and. That car was stolen on day three by some kid at school when I took it to school. Oh. And my mom's response was, hard cheese. You're not getting another one. Oh, I, I, I learned a lesson there. I need to value what I've got. I, I mean, I learned a lesson with that. I really did. It stuck with me that I, I can't take for granted having things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it made me, let's say, tight-fisted with my money. My, my mm-hmm. uncle would say that. You're pretty tight-fisted with your money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all of us could, could maybe learn a lesson from how the great generation dealt with right. th- the frugality of life, how, how they made life how they lived life with a frugality that was beautiful. It was, it was, you know, they didn't treat themselves every other second, like, like so much of us do look at you look at the commercials. I mean, we're, we're all we're, it's in, it's, in, we're indoctrinated with the, mm-hmm. with, with the catechesis of be good to yourself, mm-hmm. treat yourself, you deserve it and inoculate yourself against the pain with this, with the nice little adrenaline that this little doohickey that you you've been waiting all your life to have with it well, in the end we, we just don't need that crap we just don't need it <laughs>
1: yeah we'd you, be you happy see, without it you know what i see what you're doing father with the exorcist file in, in your in your ministry itself by the way if anybody wants to hear some of the most amazing sermons i've ever heard or talks i've ever heard it's uh, father carlos martin's you go around with your relic ministry but your talk is just—it surprises you because oh, look at there's 165 relics. Oh yeah, there's a priest over there, <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden you get this talk, and it's a blow you away. But what you're doing, and I think what we're doing here with the Grace Force, um, and I, uh, and let me say it this way, uh, the the listeners might know that I just recently found out that I'm going to be transferred, and uh, it's heartbreaking because I'm very tight with his family, but. I found myself uh, since that time, since kind of the, the understanding that I'm moving and also uh, announcing it to my parish family, uh, that I'm focusing on, and here's the way I frame it. What we've done together is we become spiritually mature together. We've worked on cultivating our faith and we become mature. And I think that's, that's a big thing, that you're helping people with the exorcist file. And again, what I think we're doing here and and what does spiritual maturity bring? It, it brings a deeper understanding of what, what life is all about, what God is up to. But it gives you that hope. Okay, um, versus if, if you're immature or you don't have a spiritual life at all, you're you're susceptible, aren't you? You're you're vulnerable. Um, you're, 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 uh, you're 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 easily manipulated by by the world and by the devil and. And, and also, I, I you know, over the last three years, what we've gone through and what, what went on in the streets, I, I right away I went, these are little kids having a temper tantrum. You know, and that's what it looked like to me. Uh, the violence in the street and all this, and this, that, and the other thing. Um, and let's talk about the last three years too, is that um, my parish in particular, I know there are many places like it, but uh, they knew better. They knew what, they knew what the devil was go- doing here, and they weren't buying it. And, you know, a lot of them were mocked or, or even uh, canceled or whatever for uh, understanding in their spiritual maturity what was really going on. And now we're seeing that the truth is coming out. But uh, it's all my way of saying, Father, that um, isn't that what we're all called to do? You know, we, you want hope? Okay. Do the Mary thing. You know, Martha and Mary, this is my favorite <laughs> story because... You know, she she chose the better portion or the unum necessarium, the one thing necessary. Mm. And a spiritually mature person understands that. Get to the feet of Jesus. Lock into his eyes. Hang on his every word. Uh, be mm. so close to Jesus. And don't worry. Just, don't worry. Be happy. But, <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think a spiritually mature person can understand that. Then what they're capable of doing is knowing, okay, God set me a new existence at this moment in history. What do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do right now? And a lot of what we're doing is uh, we're becoming stronger in in our spiritual lives, uh, spiritual strength training, and we're uniting. Mm -hmm. I've been saying, you know, the devil is the big diabolos. He's the divider. And uh, he's trying every way and everybody's just kind of at each other's throats. Not the spiritually mature, okay? They're yeah. not. They're they're peacemakers, right? And they and they and they help people to find hope in these times. And I just think I don't know, I, you know, how that plays out is really between God and each individual person. But I don't know, Father. I I just feel like I, I'm so grateful that what what you're what you're doing right now is is helping us first of all, get into that sense of the supernatural and to understand, but to lead us into that, that life of mature faith. You got a comment about that?
2: Yeah. And that, and that, that's where we need to go. Yeah. That's where we need to go. We, we, we start out as kids, but we progress, you know, I, I'm, I, I think about those experiences when I, when I look at some people who lived through, of course, there's less and less of them now, but, They lived through the second world war. And uh, you know, they're they're quite aged now, but I, I certainly knew them growing up. I'm I'm 48 years old now, but my gosh, I knew a lot of people who lived through the second world war and they and they they didn't just live through the war hearing about it, they lived through the war. And when you looked at their face, you know that they were people who there was there was a maturity about them there was a tranquility about them yes this kind of stuff that gets us that gets our shorts in a knot didn't raz and phase them you know they had been through horrendous evil and if you made it through that with your faith intact your faith became diamond hard yeah. because you evil came right into your living room, evil came and they took your father away they they blew up your cousin into the, in the, in the two halves right you know, and, and you had to move on right so now now move on now tomorrow's going to be another day and 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 you've got to put one foot in front of the other and move forward. so this small stuff that we're getting that we're getting tied up over is is not important. Our Lord has a plan. Get with our Lord. And people, if, if, if we Catholics, if we don't do that, then shame on us, because the world is going to look to us to, give, to be the source of hope, to be the signpost that points to, to bigger and better things. If we're not there reflecting that, then shame on us. We've, right. we've failed in our vocation.
0: Yeah, and Father, I mean, the times that we're in, obviously, there, there are prophecies to these times, the Blessed Mother. Yeah, you know, I speak only the church approved ones, you know, and people sometimes will say, well, what about, you know, this one and that one? I say, well, if it hasn't been approved by the church, it's just safer, you know, to to, to maybe at least keep it at arm's length until we know for sure so we're not misled. But in the church approved prophecies, you know, we, and, and, and she did, Fatima, for example, you know, she, she warned us of a second world war yes. and uh, she said this would come and that Russia would then spread the air of the ways and all. And I just, could you speak a little bit because as an exorcist, you would know this, the power that the rosary has when it comes to the diabolical, because she says, pray the rosary. And it was the, I think it was the only thing that she repeated in all six apparitions in Fatima. When you pray the rosary, you can bring peace to the world and you can avert war. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to avert war right now, especially when we're hearing talk of a war that could set the globe on fire. Um, but could you talk a little bit from your perspective and what you have seen as to the power of our lady's intercession, the deep need for us to have a devotion to her and build a relationship that is heartfelt, that is really pleading with her and, and open to her. I would say the will of her son and the wish of her heart. I mean, she wishes for us to follow the will of her son, obviously, wedding feast of Cana. But if you could speak to the power of the rosary, devotion to Mary, especially yeah. in the times that we're in.
2: Sure, sure, yeah. You know, the, the rosary, the demons have stated over and over within exorcisms how much they despise it. And if we only knew how much it, the, the praying of the rosary takes out evil mm. and, and, and thwarts their plans. But, you know, Our Lady, she, when she appeared at Lourdes, and during one of the apparitions, Bernadette was receiving the apparition. So she's staring at her lady in the face. And the demons from the River Gav, which was alongside the grotto, they started howling. They, they started making these ugly, disgusting noises. And, and they frightened Bernadette. And Bernadette relates. So this is in the biography by uh, Monsignor Francis trochu the, the, the Bernadette of St. Bernadette Subaru. Bernadette said, all Our Lady did was turn her head in the slightest direction towards those demons. And they screamed and they got the hell out of town. (laughs) That look of Our Lady was so destructive to them. So why, why do we need to worry if we're with Our Lady? if we're walking with Our Lady, if we are, if we are, we've got nothing to worry about, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm, you know, where do you think as an exorcist, where do you think I would be on the devil's spit list? Towards the bottom or or towards the more, maybe more towards the top, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most people would say probably towards the top. I don't lose any sleep over it i have a devotion to our lady i live the sacraments i have a prayer life with our lord i, I walk with our lord i try to do his will however Im- imperfectly i do it i'm not, i'm not perfect at it but but i'm i'm working towards perfection but uh, but above all I, I i i have faith in god and that infuses my hope and i lay claim to my hope with two hands I'm tight-fisted with my hope. Uh, I, I don't allow these circumstances to, to cause me to abandon it, to throw it away. And so, you know, cultivating a devotion to Our Lady is 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 going to strengthen us. It's going to mm-hmm. give us a spine. Be a lady's boy, <laughs> and, and you'll come <laughs> into your manhood. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say, Father Heilman is putting out daily...
0: Um, devotion reminders: uh, the 90 days to to um, to liberty, um, and in there he recommends praying the rosary. You know, um, daily. I, I recorded four rosaries, each of the mysteries, um, and people can go out. You know, and you'll find that in the link Father puts out there, or just go out to my YouTube channel, Doug Barry YouTube channel, and we've got them out there. And we and we did this to try to help. I mean, Father's trying to help. I'm trying to help. We're trying to help people get in that habit of praying that daily rosary. So that it just becomes just such an extension of who you are. Um, And I just, I got to encourage people. Look, you're not going to uh, regret this on the day you die to stand before God. I kind of imagine the conversation might go something like this. I'm standing there personally before our Lord. And he says, I don't know, Doug. I don't know. You know, I'm looking at things and I'm not sure about the way. And I can hear Mary in the background going, wait a minute, son. He did talk a lot about the rosary and he prayed it. <laughs> okay, mom. All right. Let's let him in then. I'm hoping I'm hoping it could go somewhat like that. But I just think that we're not going to, you know, there's no way to regret praying the rosary daily. And if, if people have a hard time praying it daily, just remember, she asked for it. And for you, Father, to point out that the demons themselves have said in exorcisms, oh, they despise devotion to her and they despise the power of the rosary. I would think that would be a great preventative measure for us then. Okay, let's not wait until we're in that that position where we've got to be praying or have a prayed
2: force. Let's do it now to help ward off the enemy. And I, I, will, I will point out this. Do you know that far more women become possessed than men? Really? Far more women. Yep. And, I mean, I noticed this. Other exor- the other exorcists I know notice this. I mean, th- this has been a discussion for decades and decades among exorcists. And there's no real good reason for that. Women don't live more sinful lives than men do. Uh, in fact, in my experience, they live less sinful lives than men do. But what might be a reason? And the one that is most often suggested is the fact is is... The devil goes after women because his hatred for Our Lady is so visceral. Mm, mm. It's a way to try to get back at her. Because her yes was the inauguration of the plan that brought about the downfall of his kingdom. Mm. Her yes was the most destructive single word in eternity. Because it set the stage for our Lord to, to perform the most astounding act in eternity right the redemption of mankind and so that the, the enemy goes after women as a as an expression of his hatred for our lady
1: you know i i was listening to you guys talk about the rosary and i went across the room and and grabbed one of my favorite collectibles but this is a publication and i don't know if you can read that there try to get the glare out of it but it says a soldier's rosary And it's actually showing a soldier it looks like he's by his uniform. It's world war one. It's world war two for sure, but probably world war one, but he's, uh, what is he doing? He's sitting by the campfire there and he's writing a letter to his mom. And I just, I found that so touching for one, the combat rosary that I created is based on the one that was made for the soldiers in world war one. And then they had enough for world war two as well. But, um, but the whole idea of that is there he is at war. He's out by himself. And what is he doing? He's communicating to the best of his ability with his mom that he loves so much. I don't know if that affects any, any of you guys, but for me, it's, it's so touching because you think of that moment, okay? That, that's, that soldier is there and, and, um, and, he's, and he's missing mom. And whenever you get in that relationship with the Blessed Mother, where you know you just have to take time, just to communicate with our Blessed Mother, uh, realize how much you're loved by her, uh, realize how important your love for her is. It's like that moment you know what the soldier has uh, when he's writing home to mom when he's away at war. I don't know. I, I just found that very moving, uh, but it but it's so true. And 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 the other thing I want to say about that too is it's a soldier's rosary, okay. This, um, campaign or strategy that, um, the radicals put together to say that using military language somehow makes us a threat. And then to have, you know, spiritual leaders, uh, get, get, uh, manipulated by that. Ay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're called to be soldiers for Christ. We are in a battle. And, uh, we've got to understand that this is a war of all wars that we're in right now. And we have to be what St. Paul calls soldiers for Christ. And, um, uh, and, and I do believe that the rosary was given to us as an amazing, amazing weapon, uh, to, to chase the devil away. And, and father, you've had experiences of it, you know, where the devil even, uh, says how powerful the rosary is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. absolutely
1: yeah Thank so you. i i just want i want to bring that in to, to just say that um you know pick up that rosary uh bring our lady in you know she's she's the um she's the new eve right where yeah. eve let her be deceived let herself be deceased mary now crushes the head of the serpent and she's not buying the lie of the devil and she's that that mama bear that's got her back and just a what a precious gift we've been given by by our blessed by having our blessed mother amen so amen. father um you know he, here we are we're getting toward the the end of our our show and I I just wanted to say again thank you for what you're doing with the exorcist files what you're doing with the um with all the relic ministry that you do and what does it do it again it's igniting a sense of the supernatural again in all of us and helping us to truly believe you know I always point out that Jesus says it was because of your faith that you were healed when he ever heals someone that that's that's that that's set up as a component <clears throat> that the level of our faith determines the miracle we receive. It, it it just seems I mean God can do anything he wants, but but I think he but he's trying to draw out of us a belief in the supernatural power of God. And uh like it's, like we've been saying we've been at 70 years of them trying to clean all that out and to get us, uh, you know, uh, watered down and lukewarm. And uh, and now more than ever, I think this in this historical moment, we need to believe in the supernatural power of God. Father, what, what do you think is the best way for us to get the, that way? We talked about Mary getting tied into the Lord so that that flow of supernatural grace. And of course, we're talking about Mary of Martha and Mary. There she is at the feet of Jesus. How can we get that that flow of supernatural grace going in our lives so that God can truly act through us uh, in these historic times?
2: Yeah, well, you know, Our Lady she put God first always, and you know, I, I was reading one of the an article written by by um, Archbishop uh, Gonswein, who was personal secretary to Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and what he said was no matter how busy he and the Pope got, and of course they, they lived together. He was his pre-secretary and, well, personal secretary after he became a bishop and so forth. But he said, no matter how busy we were, the prayers always came first. Yeah. Everything else was second. God always came first. Yeah. And so the time... Assign yourself a time that you're going to pray that rosary and you build, you work everything else around it. That's God's time. Everything else is going to be secondary. And if you do that, you're not going to miss your rosary. Can you give just kind of a a couple of key steps, if you will, again, to find hope right
0: now? Because, you know, things just look like, you know, we joke around sometimes, Father Hallman and I, about comets are coming. You know, and it's kind of a lighthearted way of saying, you know, the prophecies of, of chastisement, the illumination of conscience, the three days of darkness, whatever it is, if any of us actually live through any of those things. I mean, World War II was prophesied by the Blessed Mother that it would come if man did not stop offending God. Russia would spread the error of her ways. These things, obviously, we've seen and are seeing. So with that in mind, and we see, you know, the war, the disease, the financial issues. And I love what you said earlier about these things happening. And while they're not good, we don't wish them upon anybody. We as Christians have to remember what our position is and, and, and where hope really is found. But it's kind of a final shot in the arm to everybody. Where do we find the hope? How do we order right. that in our lives? Simply put, so the average
2: guy, girl out there can just keep persevering no matter how tough it gets. Sure. So the first thing is, is to get rid of the idol that we call worry. Hmm. And, you know, the funny thing about idols is they demand worship. Yep. You can't have an idol that you don't worship. They go hand in hand. So if you want to not worship an idol, if you don't want to be controlled by it, then slit a throat, get rid of them. Yep. So God never promised us a, a pain-free tomorrow. He promised us victory in the end. And what does it matter if there's potentially a World War III coming in a year or two or eight years from now? You might not live long enough to see it. So your end might be coming sooner. So what have you gained by worrying about World War III? (laughs) Not a thing. So that's one, right? Uh, The second thing is for us to be grounded in our vocation to be people of hope. Mm-hmm. And, and to be a person of hope means, among other things, well, don't be stupid with your money and your assets and your time. Don't blow it away. Don't live beyond your means. Don't make stupid decisions that, that then will, will bring worry upon yourself, your family members, your friends. They worried about you because of the stupidity with, of the decisions that you made. Mm-hmm. So, live prudentially. And if you don't know how to live prudentially, then learn how, ask your friends how, ask your family's intervention how, how to spend your money, how to invest your money, a good and proper way to do that. But above all, build kingdom, right? Come into your vocation by spreading the word of God, spreading the hope that you have to others around you. Because I tell you, man, this world is filled with people that are living in such darkness. And when they see the light in a Christian's face, when they see the happiness that is present in it, it melts them. You know, it melts them. And woe to us if we don't present that face to those people we meet, because we are Jesus Christ in those moments. So that's what we've got to come into. We've got to come into that. And I'll tell you, when I converted from atheism, this is the anecdote I I love to tell, and I, I never grow tired of telling this. You know, it was this small group of students and this small group of professors that lived their Christian faith. They were devout Catholics, and everything about them exuded God. They just lived God joyfully. There was this this powerful peace and tranquility that flowed from them. It was magnificently attractive. I was an atheist. I'm having a coffee one morning with one of them. You know, we were at a little cafe on campus. You know, we're sitting at one of those round little tables that you see everywhere in a cafe. It's a Mm -hmm. table for two people, four if you kind of squeeze tight. But, so we're having a cup of coffee. Somebody comes in and tells this guy that it was 11 a.m., that his car was stolen out of the parking lot that morning. It was joyridden around the back streets of the campus and it was plowed into an oak tree on somebody's front lawn. Right? In other words, some loser still drunk from the night before stole his car and just KO'd it against a tree. So his car was now hugging this oak tree. His car was garbage. So he receives this news and he turns around and he faces me again. And this is what he said. Well, I just I guess it just wasn't God's plan for me to have a car right now. <laughs> and he can still enjoy the cup of coffee in front of him. Wow. That's what I'm That's, talking about. Wow. That's what I mean. No, nope. he couldn't give a rat's rump mm. about that car. Yep. He was alive in the Lord, the Lord had a plan. Yep. He was so in love with that plan, so in love with God, nothing could touch him. Nice. If it weren't for that witness, I wouldn't be wearing this today. I, exactly. I, I, I might be in a jail cell somewhere today. Exactly. Right? So that, w- what does worry get you? Nothing. Right. The right. exact yeah. opposite right. makes you powerfully attractive to the world. That's how you gain converts. Nice.
1: Well, Father, that's a perfect place for us to end, and our exorcist gives us hope, you know. Uh, Would you mind, could you give us a final blessing?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So uh, may Almighty God descend upon the both of you, Doug, Father Hellman, and absolutely all your listeners, all their family members, and all those whom they love. Uh, May our Lord be with you. May Our Lady accompany you and protect you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank, you Father. Thank you, Father. Thanks for Father. giving us all. Father. to have soul. you again. Great. My pleasure. Thank you.